The Perfect Stress Podcast does not provide medical or nutritional advice, nor is it a substitute for medical or nutritional advice, and is not intended for the prevention, cure, or mitigation of any medical condition or disease. This podcast provides information only. Please consult a physician or nutritionist for advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Stress Podcast, where we walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it and triggering stress-related symptoms. I'm Adam Darrow, your host and founder of My Stress Alarm. Last episode, I mentioned about how some motivational speakers preached you know, push yourself to the extreme, how you have to live and breathe success, and that I personally do not subscribe to that way of thinking. I always err on the side of caution. My motto, why do today what you can put off till tomorrow? Because your plate is, is probably already full today, right? But when you're trying to get ahead, inevitably there's a constant struggle between focusing on the future, but without neglecting your current needs. And the end result is often what we call stress, specifically chronic stress. And then there's the risk of falling into a vicious cycle of triggering stress-related symptoms, which takes your focus off the very things, your goals and ambitions, that motivated you to work harder in the first place. And then as you recover uh, from whatever, you you may start feeling a little anxious that you've fallen behind and, and your goals are in jeopardy, which inevitably motivates you to work even harder to catch up, which in turn triggers more symptoms. And the cycle begins anew. So it's essential to be able to, as I mentioned just a second ago and at the beginning of each podcast episode, walk that fine line between being productive and overdoing it. So you can maximize productivity in a sustainable way. Keyword sustainable. Because triggering symptoms is counterproductive, right? It's unsustainable over the long run. But getting back to this constant struggle between your focus on shaping your future and achieving your your life goals while also addressing your current needs, avoiding triggering symptoms is an important aspect of maintaining good health and high productivity. And it's by far the one aspect of health uh, that I focus on the most on, on this podcast because it's really the biggest pain point for people like me who work really hard on on our goals. But it is only one aspect of wellness and trying to put yourself in a better position where you're not always at risk of triggering symptoms. There's also a cognitive aspect to this because if you're always hovering near or around your threshold number, alluding to chronic stress monitoring, then your cognitive abilities are probably suffering as well, which If you're striving to reach your goals, you probably want to perform at your full potential cognitively, right? So I wanted to elaborate on self-care because I tend to focus on the workload side of chronic stress and how chronic stress monitoring empowers you to manage your workload better. But there there are other contributing factors to wellness as well. Now, I'm no expert on wellness. I don't know if I'm an expert on anything for that matter, but I can share with you some things that 
I find helpful. And one of the things that I didn't consciously do at first, but it just kind of worked out that way, is that I've been splitting up my short list of tasks each day. Each day I have a short list of tasks, and I've been splitting them up into two categories, self-care and everything else. Now, I know why this happened. Um, It started with my back injury, and also, well, I'll just tell you because it won't take long, but for probably six years now, off and on, I would have some pain in the ball of my foot, sometimes both feet, but usually just the left. Um, Typically happens when I'm hiking, but it, it can happen outside of that as well. And last year, before I injured my back, before, the foot thing got so bad, I was going to have to take off a few weeks from hiking for it to get better because it always got better when I rested. So I chalked it up to overuse. Ironically, I ended up being laid up the whole summer because of my back injury. So I gave my feet more rest than I ever could have imagined. But anyway, um, it turns out I have something that's fairly common. I finally broke down and went to the podiatrist. Um, something called metatarsalgia. I'm probably not saying that right, but it's where part of the ball of the foot becomes aggravated and inflamed, uh, basically due to anatomical reasons. So apparently I have a low arch and also my ankle is tight. In other words, I should be able to bend my foot back about 100 degrees perpendicular to the floor um, if I was laying down, but it only goes back about 90 degrees. So this creates extra pressure on the ball of my foot when I'm walking, which over time creates this inflammation, and inflammation usually equals pain. (laughs) So anyway, the only reason I bring it up is because Now I have a set of exercises the doctor gave me to do three times every day. So add that to the exercises I have to do for my back twice a week. Plus my physical therapist says to take two walks a week for now, an hour or so each. One can be on the trails where it's uneven and and I can increase that distance by about 10% a week. The other walk is on flat service, so I just walk around the neighborhood. And now I'm supposed to start using my exercise bike for no more than 15 minutes just to see, you know, how I feel afterwards. And I also use my Brookstone massager on my back each night, and I still use the heating pad in the morning and evening. Then add in my dietary needs, and I'm doing deep breathing now every day uh, to help with blood pressure. Uh, And every six months uh, for two weeks, I'll take my blood pressure to see how it's doing. And all these things keep adding up. My to-do list just for self-care has exploded over the last couple of years. So I have to keep this separate from my other short list of basically goal-related tasks because the way I see it is that even though, in my view, my goals are most important because that's what gives your life meaning, right? Because, and and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I call this being a health zombie, which I don't think actually exists. But a health zombie is someone who wants to be healthy simply for the sake of being healthy. 
There's no other purpose in their life except to remain healthy, which again, I don't think there is such a person. So the point being that there's always some non-health motivational factor driving the self-care activities that you do, even if you don't consciously you know, make the connection. At least that's my theory. However, from a practical standpoint, there are some critical things that we, we know we have to do every day. These are non-negotiables. Obviously, we have to eat every day. We have to sleep every day. We have to go to the bathroom, etc. So I'm simply adding things to that list, very specific things. For example, what, what I eat every day. And, and by the way, as I get older, I view food as medicine. So for example, I eat blueberries seven days a week, 365, unless I can't find them or, or maybe I'm out of town or something. But otherwise, every single day, it's a non-negotiable for me, which means I also have a task every week or so to clean blueberries because of the chunking principle, meaning it's more efficient to clean a week's worth of blueberries at once rather than to clean them you know, each day. Same goes for apples. I eat an apple pretty much every day. Same with bananas. But my mentality, my rationale is I'm taking my blueberries. It's time for my blueberries. As if to say, it's time for my medicine. You, you don't say it's time to eat my medicine, right? You say it's time to take my medicine. That's my mentality. It's time to take my blueberries. Same with nuts. I eat a handful of nuts a day. I have one shot of chocolate a day, usually in the form of a truffle because it's it's satisfying, good portion control, and only about 80 calories or so. And I hear there's definitely some nutritional value in chocolate too. At least I like to think so, especially the dark chocolate. Although I find especially that chocolate, something about chocolate soothes my colon. There, there's something about the consistency of it, which is very important um, having ulcerative colitis. Now, of course, it's easy for you to, you know, get out of control and eat, eat too much chocolate. So again, one shot, easy peasy, move on. And so for better or worse, most of my eating habits resemble taking medicine as opposed to, you know, actually enjoying what I'm eating. Not to say that I, I don't enjoy fruits and vegetables, but for example, if bananas, you know, didn't have much nutritional value. I wouldn't be eating them. I, I don't particularly like bananas. I like banana flavor, but not the consistency of bananas. And I also eat a lot of vegetables every day. Same mentality. I'm taking my vegetables now. Now, I still eat crap on top of the good stuff, which I'm working on because I don't want to gain a lot of weight, especially since I've been uh, a lot more sedentary due to the back injury. But hopefully this spring, I'll start getting back to my pre-injury activity level and mowing the lawn and stuff like that, except for tennis. That's going to take probably another year to fully get back into that, to be honest. Although I will start hitting the ball against the wall this summer, maybe July, just to see how my body responds. Because there's a lot of rotation in hitting the ball, and I'm not supposed to really rotate right now. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to my original point about self-care, non-negotiables. There's a certain standard that you want to maintain for yourself to support your 
pursuit of your life goals. But for everything that you're considering to be part of that standard by which you're going to hold yourself to, you want to weigh that against the time it takes away from direct activities towards your goals. And it's that point at which you can be satisfied with the rate of progress you're making on your goals, because again, that gives you meaning, that gives your your life meaning, while also maintaining that standard that I call coasting along in my sustainability matrix. Now, typically when I talk about coasting along, again, I focus on living a balanced lifestyle from, from the standpoint of not overworking, not overdoing it. Because let's face it, that's where the biggest pain point is for for people like us who push ourselves to get ahead. But again, there are other aspects to wellness that really need to be part of the conversation. And that's that's essentially what what I the point I wanted to make today. <laughs> well, anyway, um that's my two cents for this week. Again, I always value your feedback. Please, you can post a comment on the Perfect Stress Facebook page or always feel free to email me directly at adam at perfectstresscoaching.com. That's it for this week. Please stay safe. Wishing you good health and success. And as always, thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much for tuning in. And if you'd like to get new episodes automatically, just click subscribe. Also, I'd be much obliged if you left a review or comment. Well, until next time, wishing you good health and success. And remember, don't let stress get in the way of success.